0: Welcome back to the Woman of Marvel podcast where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more.
1: Hey guys, it's Judy Stevens. Hey, it's Sana. Hey, we're here. We're back. We are back. It's been a a long time since Judy and I sat in the same room together. I know it may not seem like that to you guys at home, but...
0: You've been so busy this week, being so cool, hanging out with all the
1: cool comic creators. Well, I'm actually doing work now. I decided I should do my job. <laughs> you should do your job. <laughs> I don't just, like, hang out and talk on podcasts. So all day. wait, what do, have do? what do you do you do during the retreat? Do you sit there and, like, judge their stories real hard? I do. And then I send all of them texts being like, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> and they get real mad at me.
0: <laughs> do you make them cry?
1: I, I definitely do. So we sit in this massive room, and all of the creators are there who are mostly exclusive Marvel writers for the most part. Um, we have some guest appearances. I'm not going to tell you everyone who's in the room, because everyone has an opinion. Because it's secrets. Because it's secrets. But it's great. We get to hash out what's happening in the Marvel universe. I have to say, I showed them a tidbit of Marvel Rising. Ooh. I got a great reaction in the room. And then we talked about some cool stories, like uh, Kelly Thompson actually talked about um, West Coast Avengers and her plans, and we actually just made that announcement yesterday. So,
0: yeah. I feel like the Crater Retreat is a thing that, you know, we talked about loosely here on this podcast. and. I think Ryan's talked about it on This Week in Marvel a lot. Um, but basically, it, it happens much more frequently than it used to. It used to be like maybe once or twice a year. All the creators would like ascend, like these top tier talent would ascend and like be wandering the hallways. And I'd be like super fangirling. Also mm-hmm. being like, what does Brian Bendis really look like? Or what does Hickman really look like? And then I'd see them and I'd be like, oh, okay. And then then when the next time they came, I'd be like, oh, that's Papa
1: blah, Blau. Blah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's the name. So it was a really great time. It was just really, really exhausting. We're working on some other projects, which are uh, I can't talk about yet, but they're a lot of fun, but it all happened to be going on this week.
0: Well, why you were so busy this week, we actually had an interview. We're not just going to ramble. I, I kind of like rambling with But um, <laughs> We had uh, Gillian Jacobs come by to talk a little bit about the two movies that she has coming out this month. She's from Community. She's this amazing comedian who... We learned that she's an advocate for women in science. Nice. And uh, she did this short documentary about um, one of the first, like, female programmers um, during World War II. And I, like, had, like, this emotional reaction to it. Like, I watched it that morning before she came into the office. And then I went up to her and, like, the first thing I said to her was, like, that, like, inspired me so much. And I'm so excited to talk to you because my mother is a female programmer. And, like, I grew up with that in my home. And to see women, especially women who are, like... In front of the camera, being advocates for things is really great. And then while we were talking, we talked a little bit about the history of women in production over time that, like, a female invented the boom mic. And I was like,
1: okay, girl, we're having you back. That's so interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, she's she's such a multifaceted person. And she also loves Squirrel Girl. We talked a little bit about that. I'm really bummed I didn't get to meet her. I've been a fan of hers for a while. I loved her on Community, and I know she's doing a bunch of other things. Oh, she also did Love on Netflix, which I also really enjoyed. Yes, that's right, yes. We talked... A little bit about her being a female
0: comedian, working with other really powerful female comedians. So one of the films that she has out is Life of the Party, where she's with Melissa McCarthy, which is really cool. That's uh, currently uh, in theaters now, so you guys can go check it out, because it's almost Memorial Day. And then also, if you've got plenty of other time, her other film, Ibiza, is
1: uh, out on Netflix tomorrow on May 25th. Ibiza. I just watched the trailer last night. But let's listen to Gillian. I want to hear what Gillian had to say.
0: ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free! Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hello, everyone. This is Judy Stevens, and I'm very excited because I am bringing you Gillian Jacobs, (laughs) who is famous for many things, including community. But uh, you've been keeping busy
2: lately, haven't you? Trying. Trying? Trying very hard, yes. (laughs) So you just wrapped a play. I did. I just finished a play called Kings at the Public Theater here in New York, which was really great. Yes. And I have two films coming out, Life of the Party with Melissa McCarthy and then Ibiza, Ibiza (laughs) on Netflix coming in May. So and they're both, you know, like like
0: looking about them, they're both female prominent, like strong. I mean, like Melissa, obviously, but just these strong, fierce women who are great relationships. Like obviously
2: when you sort of read scripts, is that what you're looking for? I mean, you take it when you can get it. It's it's so infrequent. So the fact that I have these two movies coming out so close to each other, which are both really about female friendship. Yeah, so Life of the Party is Melissa, myself, and uh, Jesse Annis, Molly Gordon, Adria Ahona. And then Ibiza is um, myself, Phoebe Robinson, and Vanessa Bayer. So I've got these two great movies about female friendship, adventure, like celebrating each other. It's not women fighting fighting about a guy there's like none of that in either of them so it's really exciting yeah you're like this is like does it pass the Bechdel test maybe Ibiza doesn't but I think life of the party might so I mean that's that's pretty cool yeah but those
0: type of things I think even seeing prominent women you know obviously you don't want all them always to talk about the boy yeah right but you but them having like interesting relationships where they're dealing with things together
2: yes in you know, goodness or badness or whatever it is, so. Yeah, no, it's really great. Like, the play I just finished, um, I played a lobbyist in Washington. It was three women, one man in the cast, and it was, like, this is just purely a play where people are fighting about ideas and principles and ethics, and, like, it was so refreshing as an actor to be, like, that's what the conflict is in this. So, yeah, it's really exciting when you get to do something that's out of the norm. And I I think in this moment of time
0: for women and film and TV, you know, not only to see women on screen, but like Ibiza was written by a woman. Yes.
2: Yeah. Lauren Kahn wrote the film. And uh, I had first met her years ago for another movie of hers and then met about this movie, I want to say like three, four years ago. So it was like a long journey of she between when we met to this film getting made. And so that was also just so meaningful like on the first day of shooting, we like popped a bottle of champagne for her because it was like her first film getting made. And so to be a part of that was really special. And yeah, with Phoebe and Vanessa and just having the, these three women at the center of a movie like that, it was really, really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also like prominent women in comedy. I yes. think that,
2: you know, this is it. This is
0: the time for women in comedy. Like, I love like seeing all these trailers come out for like, oh,
2: that's a comedy about women. Oh, 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 oh. Like, yeah. is it exciting to be in this? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that was a great thing too about Melissa is Melissa McCarthy is that she's just so generous as well with the cast and everyone around her. And so it's really great, you know, to feel like you're a part of this. This group of women in comedy, you know, because I don't come I don't have a comedy background specifically. So this for me, like always feels like kind of imposter syndrome of like, do I really belong here? But I'm really glad that this is like a weird turn my career has taken from like classical theater into like being in all these great comedies.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I sort of looked at your background, but I didn't realize that you didn't go in for comedy. No, not at all. That's actually
2: really cool. Yeah, I grew up like a total Shakespeare nerd, you know. like uh, So, yes, I, I loved theater. I did Chekhov. I studied classical theater in college. And so not only do they, like, not study comedy or teach it, it's, like, not even part of the conversation. So I had to sort of learn as I went, just stealing... From people I worked with, basically. Do you think comedy is harder than a classical Shakespeare? Hmm. It's, I'd say equally difficult. It's got its own specific skill set that you need to learn. And when you're going in without that and you're in the scene with people who have years of experience, it's incredibly intimidating. I was so nervous, especially the first season of Community, because everybody else – Was so much funnier than me And I didn't know how to be funny I didn't know what made me funny I didn't know how to make the dialogue funny I didn't know how to do a physical bit Like it was all so intimidating for me But I just stole from all of them And so that seemed to work you should definitely use sort of Shakespeare comedy from like. <laughs> that, where... that does not go over so well in LA. Like any, any kind of Shakespeare quote I could throw out would just be met with stony silence. So I like, <laughs> yeah. save that for New York. Yeah. I, you know, I
0: actually did a lot of Shakespeare studying in, in high school. Oh, yeah. And uh, I loved sort of the comedy pieces, but like learning actually the jokes, yes. right? And then going to watch the play
2: and like our group of friends would be the only ones who got it. Yeah. Like, a lot of dirty jokes in Shakespeare. A lot Shakespeare. of dirty jokes. Yeah. A lot of really dirty jokes in Shakespeare once you understand what they're saying. Yeah.
0: I guess it connects that you loved history and sort of that yes. classical world for you to connect to STEM and mm-hmm. science. And, like, I mean, we were talking off screen about yes. um, the the documentary that you directed about the Queen of Code. Like, that's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have always loved history. And so I made a documentary about this woman named Grace Hopper who started working in computing during World War II um, on this secret computer at Harvard called the Mark I. And so, yes, for me it was really exciting and it was kind of a window into this whole world of STEM and women in STEM and and learning about all these women who worked on computers during World War II. There's a group of women at the University of Pennsylvania as well that worked on this computer called the ENIAC and they really – helped create the job of computer programmer through their work. They weren't given any manuals. They weren't even given the security clearance to be in the room with the computer initially. And so it really had to teach themselves from scratch how to program. So, yeah, it's been really cool. And I I like um, finding out about different women from history who are involved in computing. Like I played Ada Lovelace on – Dan Herman had the show called Great Minds. Um, and so – they, he, he would have actors play people from history, and they're like, do you have anybody you want to play? And I was like, Ada Lovelace, <laughs> who was uh, is credited with writing the first algorithm for a computer, but, you know, was Lord Byron's daughter, and her mother was afraid that she was going to wind up like her father, and so made her study math, which was very unusual for women at the time to be given an education in math. And she actually had a female math tutor called Mary Somerville, who was also another, like, high-achieving woman in math, and in that era. So yeah, I like finding them out and then, um, just boring people to death by repeating facts about them as I'm doing currently. (laughs)
0: Um, I also love doing that. I'm a
2: huge world's fair fan. Oh, cool. Um,
0: and specifically like New York city, turn of the century. Mm -hmm. So we'll be walking around New York city. I'm like, Oh, that building was probably built like pre 1905 because of that structure. And everyone's like, okay,
2: I love it. Yeah. I love it. I know. I'm always like so sad whenever they tear down a building in LA and like LA is not great at conservation. And, so everyone will be like, why are you so upset about <laughs> what's underneath that Chase Bank? And I'm like, do, do you understand? They took it down and there's like a building from the 30s there and now they're covered it back up or they're going to tear this down. I know. I get really into like lost causes. That's my thing. <laughs> I don't think they're lost causes. I mean, In LA, think- it sometimes feels like that. I wish the city would protect these buildings more. I get so excited too when, you know, the history of Hollywood is so recent that like, um, like uh, James Brolin was on an episode of Community and he was talking about coming to Hollywood as a young man and like going, going over the hill into the valley and there were still like orange groves you know and so it's it's also kind of new relatively that you can talk to people who were there when the city looked totally different and yeah so I get really into that stuff as well
0: I, not that I want to keep on going on this tangent, but I think yeah. about it. So Marvel's Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. fills at Culver. Yes. And so the uh, the Gone with the Wind house yes. is part of Culver. And there is a photo in, like, the the offices where S.H.I.E.L.D. is. And it's just the Gone with the Wind and the famous hotel.
2: And oh, yeah, that, that triangular else hotel right there. Yeah, I know. It's such a new city. But, yeah, they've torn down so many of the old studios there. Like, we did a photo shoot for Love and they're like this is the Max Senate studio and then I looked it up and I was like oh my god they shot you know all these silent films there and Keystone Cops all these movies that Max Senate was producing and but it's you know it's just like these little things that are left but it's so exciting when you get to feel like you're a part of of that history yeah and we were sort of talking about women and
0: like you know how so many women in history have just They just go forward. They don't think about the importance of what they're doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we as women uh, are thinking about what we're doing. I think we're much more aware of that. And
2: there's a lot of pressure there. Yes. Yeah, I think that, you know, women that I've spoken to who were in computing in previous decades, yes, they didn't really think about what they were doing in the larger context at the time. They were just trying to do their job and do their job well. But now I do think there is this greater awareness of, like, you within the larger context of your industry of the country of the world and so it gives things more meaning but it's also a lot of pressure as well yeah i know like here at marvel like our our characters are what i
0: think you know like i see real life superheroes but then we have like you know we have characters like moon girl and i wonder like those type of characters, like what draws you to like, you know, these science, I mean, I it's exciting.
2: I know I'm new to discovering moon girl. And I was so excited when I discovered her and realizing that she's the smartest character in the Marvel universe. And she's this young girl and she's interested in the sciences and math and everything. And I, I think that's so amazing. You know, I felt like those characters were few and far between for me as a kid. And I, don't, I wonder if I would have pursued math and science more if I had more examples of that. And I also think that's why I get so excited about restoring women to the history of, like, technology and STEM and everything to give them their rightful place to, to put them back into the narrative so that young girls can realize – no one can tell me that I can't be a computer programmer because women helped invent the job of computer programmer. They've always been a part of the field and you know, were marginalized or pushed out or their numbers got smaller, but they were there at the very beginning really contributing important, important things to computing languages, just really important, influential women. And I think the more people that know about them, the, hopefully the more girls it'll feel encouraged to to try out the field. Yeah.
0: And I think what you do is important because you may not necessarily be a scientist per se, right? You're a, a not at all. An amateur yeah, scientist. I feel anyway, like yeah. you
2: probably have some basic. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm I'm a I feel like I'm a PR agent for this for step <laughs> <laughs> without the technical knowledge. But you're using your
0: spotlight to sort of showcase these like Grace Hopper and these yeah. different people so that young girls who may follow you For community or the films you do, and they're like, oh, she's also into this. Well, I'm also into that.
2: Yeah, I've been trying also as well with, like, some early women in um, Hollywood history, too. Like, um, there's this woman named Dorothy Arzner that I put on my Instagram page who still holds a record for most studio films directed by a woman, and she stopped directing movies in, like, the late 1940s. Oh. But she started out as an editor working in silent film. They had her direct, like, second unit on this movie. She did a great job. She started directing films. She's credited with inventing the boom mic. She had a an actress who'd been, worked in silent films. She's having a hard time recording her voice, and so she put, like, a microphone on, like, a fishing pole, and that's sort of, like, the beginning of the boom mic, even though she didn't get the patent for it. And so, you know, there's all there were a, a lot of women, too, in early Hollywood that were writing, that were directing, that were producing um, in the silent film era, and so in this moment where there's such a push to increase the number of women behind the camera, I think it's cool to remember that they were there at the very beginning as well. Is that something that you, like, you directed a doc? Mm-hmm. Is, do you want to do more of that? Do you want to stay yeah. in front of the camera? Like, I would love to direct more documentaries. I've been trying very hard. It's difficult to make documentaries. Um, yes. <laughs> and so... Uh, I've come up against a lot of roadblocks in my attempts to make more. But, yeah, there are so many stories. And, and yeah, and and combining my love of history and my love of architecture and L.A. and all those things, I've gotten, as I said, really into um, into Hollywood history as well. And I think that those are important stories to tell. And I guess, like, half the films between 1911 and 1922 were written by women. Oh. Because – Early on, when it was still silent films, it, it was kind of a freelance job. So women could write an outline for a silent film, send it into a studio, get a check in the mail. So women, women were doing it from home. And then when it became more professionalized, which is the same thing with women in computing, once it becomes an industry established, once it's a prestigious job um, and it's no longer such an emerging field, then the number of women decrease. But, yeah, there's a woman from – around Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from, who directed like hundreds of movies in the silent film era, Lois Weber. And uh so yeah, there I, I just think it's cool. I just get excited about it. I hope somebody else does too. I, I always feel like those posts have the most the fewest likes on my Instagram page, whenever <laughs> Like I mean, check out Dorothy Arzner. It's like four people are like, right. but it's
0: important. I, you know, I think people are reading it, and and I'm I'm learning so much. The boom mic thing. I'm yeah. gonna let all the boys in. the in Yeah, their- let them know.
2: <laughs> let them know. Yeah, there's so few. F- I work with. So few women in sound departments, you know. I was know. just thinking that, yeah. yeah. It's so almost few, for some
0: reason all boys. Yes,
2: very few sound mixers that are women. A couple, I've worked with a few female boom operators. But yeah, I mean, there's so many jobs behind the scenes that you so infrequently work with women. It's, you know, a lot of jobs over and over again and then other other departments on set that you so rarely see women. But yeah, it's cool to realize that they were contributing so much to the development of the field.
0: Well, I think we sort of have to wrap up, but okay, I always like. I could go on no, 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 and on no. about this. I, Honestly, I would <laughs> love to talk to you about history forever. <laughs> and I think that our listeners would totally like that. Okay. So we always like to ask the guests that we have on advice. Oh. For those who want to get in comedy or classical who or, or someone who wants to get into history or STEM. Yeah.
2: Like, what do you. Um, I think the thing that I didn't do when I was younger. Well, I did it when I was really little. And then I feel like I went through this phase where I didn't really do it anymore. It was just like, follow your interests. Uh, you know, so I had this idea of like, well, I'm an actor, so I couldn't direct anything or I couldn't write anything. And then when I stopped doing that and like followed my passions, that's when this whole other side of my career and my life is opened up to me. So pursue what interests you. And I think people who are genuinely passionate about things and curious, I think that's a very attractive quality, curiosity. I find it very attractive at least. So let yourself pursue those things even if you're not quite sure where they're going to lead because I think interested people are interesting.
0: Yes. (laughs) And I think also what's important with this conversation is that, you know, obviously you have... Great films coming out and comedy is, is now clearly in your blood. Yes. Uh, but you have a passion for something else that may not necessarily be your job per se, yeah. but could be something that will lead you down an interesting road in the future. Yeah.
2: And also just found it personally fulfilling as well. Even if it, you know, doesn't like change my career, it'll just, I think, make you a happier person overall. I think if you have things that you're excited and passionate about.
0: Well, I think that's phenomenally great advice. So, okay, good. I hope that's of use no, to No, that so was much. fabulous. Okay, good. And this was great. And okay, we're going to go off camera and we're going to just keep <laughs> on talking about history. This is great. Um, make sure everyone check out both Ibiza and uh, Life of the Party. Yes. That's out in May. Yes. Um, and that's it. Thank you so much, Thank Gillian, you. for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks again for Gillian for joining us. I can't wait to have her back so we can talk more because I clearly I had to be told to wrap. Otherwise, we would have talked forever. So, And you have to meet her.
1: I will it's gonna happen we're gonna do I, this I feel like she's someone I'd be friends with yeah I make these assumptions of a lot of just like women I like like in my head I'm best friends with them like I'm best friends with Mindy Kaling she doesn't know it <laughs> but I am so I, I
0: feel like I, uh, Lorraine would also agree cause look, Lorraine also had Gillian on on Earth's Spuddy a show which is out uh, now oh so.
1: yeah that's right that was a lot of fun yeah I feel like they would be friends too yeah aren't they already friends maybe they're already I friends I feel like they are We should go ask her. out and I'll invite Mindy Hey, Mindy. But yeah, as always,
0: if you guys have questions or suggestions, you can email us at womanof@marvel.com or tweet at Marvel with hashtag Woman of Marvel. We've got uh, some upcoming Comic-Con news soon, so stay tuned. And uh, thanks, as always, for joining us, guys. We will check you later. This is Marvel. Call me Mindy.